Hey, welcome to Aspie Girl Gab. We're glad you guys can join us. Uh, this is a podcast. Um, my name is Alita. And this is a podcast about the spectrum, autism, and mental health. You know, anything across the board on mental health. We wanted to get together. Uh, she's my youngest my youngest child, but we wanted to get together and just chat about things like that, especially being girls. We know the spectrum hits girls differently than boys, and you know, we're just going to be gapping. That's basically all it is. Come listen to us chat. Thanks. All right, here we are, checking out my mic levels. This thing is always so hot. Okay, see if I can turn down my gain. Testing, 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 let's go the other way. Hello, okay, that's better. It's like picking up a lot of background noise, okay. So welcome to Aspie Girl Gab, as usual. And today, as you know, as as we're kind of getting used to this, this is episode three, and we're getting used to, you know, kind of seeing what direction this podcast is going to go. Um, obviously, um, you know, we talk about the spectrum and autism and and whatnot, but we can't just talk about that all day. You know, we need to talk about different aspects of the spectrum because it's a huge wide spectrum, obviously. Um not every, not everyone on the spectrum is alike at all. So, but first, as usual, I usually ask what Fox is up to and anything new this week. We've been doing this once a week. So anything new, you've been working, your lessons. I know you have a new recital coming up. What's going on? Well, well, you're right. I do have a recital coming up, but mostly, you know how Christmas Eve is this Friday? Well, Yep. We're still trying to find a good neighborhood to look at lights. It's kind of a bit of a tradition for us to kind of go out when it's dark mm-hmm. out yep. and then look at all the lights and then just return home and relax. Um, what? Where do you guys usually go? Do you stay in the Cape? Do you go over yeah, to Fort Myers? No, we, yeah. we stay in the Cape. We stay in the Cape. But mostly down here at the end of mm-hmm. our Christmas light looking um, <laughs> There's this overly decorated house that is, like, somewhere in our neighborhood. Like, the way that, kind of like the back way to the Publix we go to. Yes. And, like, I cannot imagine that guy's power bill. Like, it's overly decorated. And I think there was a few new decorations in the yard. Like, that's funny. That's a lot. The, the power bill. I can only imagine the power bill for that poor guy. Yeah, yeah, somebody, um, <clears throat> I see some of that on Facebook, um, somebody posted their neighbor, and it was just, <laughs> like, there's no space left for no lights, or, you know, for more lights, it's just absolutely covered, um, I, I, that's gotta take days, too, to put up, um, I, I just read, I don't know what state it was in, but, um, you know, not to, like, bring everybody down but you know a guy 
uh, young dad in his 30s fell off the roof putting Christmas lights on. So that stuff worries me. I mean, it, one, it's dangerous. Because um, we never did that. You know, we grew up in the Air Force. And I don't know why, but my parents just never, and I think it was more on my dad's end. We, we would get a tree. The tree did not go up until two weeks before Christmas. And that was it. We never put lights on the house. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why. And then you've got those people that are what you just saw and just covered, absolutely covered in light. So that's funny. Um, you know, there's some of those new neighborhoods down there off of like Surfside and out in the Southwest, maybe. The real, so um, Rain and I are going to hit some of these you know, Richie neighborhoods. <laughs> I think that's where there's better Christmas lights. If you got the money, you know, you're going to put up better Christmas lights. But I don't know. But that sounds fun. So what else is, uh, yeah, that's Friday. You guys are going out Christmas Eve? Yep. Yeah, I think we're going to do that too. So what else is going on with you? Well, work's been going good, and I think that's pretty much about it so far. When's, oh, your recital's not till next month, right? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And what's good, what you going to be doing? Do I'm you know gonna yet? Be, yes, me and my teacher are going to be playing Ode to Joy as a duet with two guitars. Oh, so instead of just singing, he's going to be playing this time. Yep. Awesome. Um, I believe I tagged, did I tag you in it when I posted it to Instagram? I'll have to look. But if anybody's interested in seeing Fox's first recital, um, I don't know if people can see other people tagging you. <laughs> I'm so ancient. Sometimes I don't know how that works. I don't even know how tagging works yet. I mean, I know I'm supposed so, to be. Well, yeah. so like if you're an Instagram and you want to tag me because you want me to see something. You, you know, when you're writing all your hashtags and everything or writing what it's about. Oh, yeah. I know how to use hashtags. Do, yeah. Well, in there, you're going to do the at symbol before my name, before my username. So do the at symbol. Actually, is, now that I remember, yeah. I did remember seeing that post somewhere on your Instagram and you did tag me, but it's my old Instagram you tagged on there. Oh, I got yeah, I got a new one. It's okay. I'll go look and. Um, I mean, you can edit the post and then change it to my current one. I can see if I can post it on um, our. Uh, I just started the Aspie Girl Gab uh, Facebook page, just to kind of direct people to where the podcast is and where they can get it. Um, I also put this towards um, submitted it to. Amazon Music app. Uh, eventually, it'll be on Spotify. And I think, um, I don't know how long it takes, but I submitted it to Apple Podcast as well. But that way on Facebook, I can kind of post things here and there and kind of keep people up to date. But um, I'll see if I can find your recital. Um, and can share that as well. Um, all right. So that's pretty much all that's going on down there, huh? It's like 80 some degrees as well, I guess. Yep, we always have a green Christmas every year down here. <laughs> um, the grass gets kind of dead a little bit, I think, because of rain, lack of rain. Yeah, but 
some surprisingly most of it stays green yeah yeah well you know you're in subtropics um it didn't get above 30s we were in the 30s today um the dog had to have a coat that was pretty cold uh okay so so today we're just chatting about basically when you know when your kid and i'm and you know i'm hoping there's going to be some parents that are going to be picking up our podcast and and listening um you know and we can talk about things I, I mean i went through a lot as a single mom um and when fox was diagnosed at eight she's 19 now i had no idea what autism was so now though there's a lot of resources out there there's services for kids there's n not a whole lot for adults you have mental health um well, you have day habs and stuff for, you know, people, uh, not autism per se. I mean, I guess if they're lower functioning, but where um, Fox and Rain fit into this right on the spectrum, there's really, once they hit adult, heck, once they hit high school, there wasn't really anything. So, um, so Yeah. So trying to put awareness out with that, but hopefully, hopefully there's some other moms out there listening and they can kind of relate to a lot of this stuff. So oh, I was just reading a couple articles. So one is being on the spectrum when you are diagnosed with autism. That's not all that's there. Um, so there are always conditions and I, I don't know if it's, I mean, you can't quote me on it, but from everything I've read, you don't just have the autism diagnosis. There's always other things that accompany it. Um, now there's, and I'm sure Fox, you don't have, you don't have many at all, but you know what your main other diagnosis is, right? Mm, <laughs> not by much. AD, you have ADHD. Well, it's ADD. But ADHD, so you have, there's autism. And then you can have, there's ADD, let's see, because I'm reading off this one list. So both, both my daughters were ADD. It's all, it's all ADHD across the board now. They got rid of ADD. Um, they, they say ADHD, but neither of my daughters are hyperactive. So that's what that A, that's what that H is in the ADHD is hyper and you guys don't have that. So I always say ADD. Um, so you're, so what I'm talking about is you're on the spectrum. It's never just the spectrum. There are always other conditions that accompany it and you have ADD. So that's another condition. I don't know if you want to call it a condition. Um, yeah, I guess they call it a mental health condition, but you know, Autism isn't a mental health, mental health, really. It's um, neurological. So I guess, again, always learning stuff. But autism is neurological. And then you have oh, an intellectual disability or language delays. You did have some developmental delays. I guess that would be other traits or conditions. Now, you didn't sit up. Babies, hmm. I don't know when babies start sitting up, really, because 
you didn't sit up until you were 10 months old. Yeah, and also about the walking part, like, oh, learning yeah, how to walk was a bit weird with me. I mean, like, I would just zoom around when oh, I on your knees. kind of... You, you would walk on your knees. So you had, you have, I don't know if it's always a condition you'll always have, but it was called hypotonia. Okay, and another name for that is ragdoll syndrome. Okay, so when you were born, you were your floppy baby syndrome. Okay, you were you were just very floppy, uh, muscle tone, very lack of muscle tone. So yeah, you didn't walk. You didn't um, I, <laughs> instead of crawling, you you just figured out that you could get across the carpet and cross the floor faster on your knees. You would literally like run on your knees. It was crazy. I don't know what that was about. Um, but so I guess the hypertonia and I don't, I don't really find a lot of that. Now, when I was doing research, when you were first diagnosed, I did find some articles that talked about hypotonia, the lack of muscle tone. And then that is somewhat related and can come along with autism so that was an early kind of a if, if we knew what autism was we may have diagnosed it sooner so the autism the ADD ADHD hypotonia and you do have anxiety and I think you have always had anxiety so basically anxiety slash depression and it can swing both ways or it can be one way and I don't, I don't know if you, you don't have a, an actual diagnosis of depression. You do have anxiety. So, and I know you know you have anxiety. <laughs> Mostly social. Yeah. So, um, big groups used to bother you too. You've, both of you, both of you girls, large groups of people, but you've gotten pretty good with that. Um, yeah, it's like. When I, the first time I remember being, like, very scared, like, mm -hmm. especially when I always started, like, my first day of school sometimes, like, I'd see all these kids walking mm -hmm. around, and I got immediately nervous, so I decided to just, you know, <laughs> I'd sometimes like to think about stuff, like, I always retreat into my head to, mm -hmm. you know, kind of distract myself from anything that makes me feel nervous, or... Like, that, anything that can cause social anxiety, and I just say, okay, just keep walking, keep walking, <laughs> just get to your class, go to the cafeteria. I'm wondering if pulling inside yourself a bit is considered dis disassociation. That's something that you should Google and check out. When you dissociate, you kind of draw into yourself um, because the world is too much. You know, um, it's kind of like how both you girls always had headphones on as well. You used to, I don't know if you do it anymore, but you used to always have headphones, both of you. Do you remember that? No. How, how young was I? Oh, we got you guys. God, I don't even know. But you had, you know, cause you had the DSs, um, when did you get the, um, Abby bought you guys mini iPads for Christmas one year. And, and I think we got you headphones as well. Cause you could listen to music. 
um, all that stuff. And I don't remember how old you guys were, but you guys always were in headphones. And I know Rain more so. Um, and she would disassociate a lot. It's kind of like somebody drinking a lot to get drunk, maybe. Like uh, where m maybe you're just trying to forget. You're trying to pull away from reality. You know, you're trying to protect yourself. Your brain is trying to protect itself from overstimulation. Um, but that's disassociation. Uh, I myself had a little bit of that. Uh, I don't know if I had that after my first marriage to your guys's father. I don't, I think it was pretty bad after the second. Um, but I did have some PTSD and that came along with the, um, you know, some of the, uh, domestic violence, which was mainly for me, um, verbal abuse, um, yeah, I think it also happened with our stepfather, or our old stepfather, I should say. Yeah, with me. With me, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah no, I remember, none, of, I, no, none of it was on you guys. I know, and I remember it like it was yesterday. Like, literally. That's how scary it was. Yeah. Yeah, so I kind of dissociated after that. A little bit where I would kind of go into myself because I didn't want to be the world was too much that's a little bit of that PTSD but again you did for a while you did uh, you did kind of you know even when you're in your room and doing your own thing that's kind of just you're kind of you know because the world can be a little much <laughs> and I still mostly do it to this day I mean yeah. there's really not much to do now that I've finish school and everything right until you're up here and then you're doing you know in with a coach for job coaching you know stuff like that yeah you'll be more active up here yeah and sometimes um, I can't help but get lost in my head I mean I don't know why it's just something you know, I enjoy doing yeah and you know what's kind of funny about that when um when you know when autism kind of I mean autism has been out for a long time but when I kind of knew, found out what it was and you guys were diagnosed, they always, you, both of you always had amazing imaginations, ridiculously amazing imaginations. You would, um, you guys both would draw, come up with stories. That was one of the things where they would say, oh, you know, your kid doesn't have an imagination. That's autism. Autistic kids don't usually have an imagination. What? Um, hey, every I kid, still, uh, yeah. I still have a good imagination to this you day, do. believe it or not. Because whenever I like to retreat to my head, I sometimes like to think. And when I think, I literally come up with like, you know, maybe like new characters or maybe a whole new world while I'm at it. Yep, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you also have that hyper focus. Um, that was something that really irritated you when you were really little, that you would be hyper-focusing on something, and then, especially in school and stuff, but, you know, we would have to interrupt you because, hey, it's time to go, or it's time to move on to the next thing, or whatnot, and, and you didn't understand that, and you would get, um, so I don't know if that hyper, that's... That just comes along with the uh, 
on how your brain is wired. Um, so it's like some of those other, you actually also, uh, it's called fragile X syndrome. That is another, um, commonly accompanied trait for people on the spectrum. You were actually tested for it. You do not have fragile X, but you were actually tested for that. Um, and that's when we found the balance translocation on chromosomes five and eight that really aren't affecting anything. Um, but also epilepsy, some autistic kids have seizures, um, obviously anxiety, both of you have that, and sleep problems. You know, I think you were, were you four, three, right before we got you out of the crib and you got, and you got your little big girl bed, whatever we called them, is the little white beds that both of you and your sister had on the floor. Oh, they yeah, were, I remember Not those. on the floor, but yeah. It was just, it was almost like a crib mattress, but on a, you know, a little miniature bed. Um, but, but right before you went to that, there was about three or four months that you would wake up at the same time every night. Um, I don't remember if it was about two or three. I don't even remember. It was so long ago. But you would wake up screaming. And... I had to go in there and calm you down and, and you went back to sleep, but every, you just, it's cr it was crazy. So I don't know what that was about, but sleep problems. Yeah. The mic's not work. There we go. Gosh, I don't know how long my mic has not been working. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'm going to kind of backtrack a little bit. Hold on. Yeah, my mic was like on mute. Gotta love it. And I don't know how far back it was on mute. Um, so I apologize. Yeah. So going back, let me just make sure that I got to where I left off here. I'm just kind of looking at my minutes. Yeah. So, sorry for the cutoff. Don't you just love uh, mic problems? Yeah, well, just uh, talking about ADHD. There you go. Um, <laughs> so, without going back and playing, I don't know exactly where I was at, but we were talking about other conditions that come along with it. So, um, all right. So, the other thing that I was reading on that I found kind of interesting is... In high-functioning autism, they talk about mood disorders and in high-functioning autism. Um, and I have several friends my age that I know are on the spectrum, but they're, um, they're undiagnosed, obviously. Um, again, these are kids with ADHD, high IQ, stuff like that. And being at my age or older, they didn't, you know, you just didn't nobody really knew what autism was so it wasn't diagnosed and I don't know if we had proper testing for it back then either um, but they talk about the relationship between autism and emotional regulation which has been you know especially for rain so you have autism and then you have complex PTSD 
which is already very difficult to regulate your mood with early childhood trauma. And then already with high functioning autism and mood disorders on what I'm reading that, you know, it's, it's hard to regulate. It's hard for you guys to regulate your emotions. And as you've gotten older, Fox, you've gotten, I don't want to say you've gotten a lot better with it. I just, just think that you've kind of matured and you've, you kind of understand yourself a little more, but, um, especially when you were in school that you would just kind of, you know, lose your cool and get, and you would just kind of shut down and you would just kind of yell at people or whatever. You know what I'm saying? You'd just be like, I can do it myself or whatever. You know, that's, I mean, did that feel like, do you, do you remember kind of your moods going up and down? You know? Yeah. And I remember mostly it happening in schools because mm -hmm. there are actually some, I think there, yeah, there are probably normal kids and sometimes they would make me, they would do things that would make me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Like sometimes they just stare when I was doing nothing. Like oh. I wasn't even lashing out. They just stare at me and I don't know why, like move your eyeballs somewhere else, please. <laughs> and, and this one like, some of the girls would also bully me, but sometimes I would also just sit there staring at them, and I, because I, I didn't know what they were trying to do, um, but as I kind of, you know, sometimes it would get a bit uncomfortable for me at, like, schools filled to the brim with a lot of normal kids, like, there was rarely any other, um, kids on the spectrum in sight. Yeah, um... We had an issue, um, what was that over at the, plan uh, not the planetarium, <laughs> the little sp uh, spring break thing that you guys used to do. The Imag Imaginarium? Yeah, yeah. Um, again, this was before you were diagnosed with the autism and you just, the big issue was people staring at you and I never, we could never figure out what was going on. You just, again, being on the spectrum, you guys have a, a lot, you guys have, you know, difficulty understanding, you know, facial cues um, and how people, you know, I don't like people staring at me. I mean, if you got something to say, just come up and tell me or ask me, you know, um, but you... That was a big issue for you, was facial cues and social cues and understanding this is what they mean. And you guys, you just, you know, you had to, you had to learn it. You weren't, you guys weren't like your neurotypical kids that learn, that, that just pick that stuff up like that. Um, you had to practice and really learn to understand it, you know? What is this face this person's given me? I don't know. <laughs> so, um, but you would get frustrated. And that is the, we're talking about the, um, you know, the emotional regulation and being able to regulate your emotions and your moods. And that's very difficult for uh, kids on the spectrum. Um, let's see. You know, another thing yeah. I found somewhat interesting, um, 
it turns out I found out that there's actually a lot or some amount. I I don't know a specific amount, but let's just say there's like a a lot or not a lot of kids out there on the spectrum who know how to read. And I've noticed this when going to some schools. Like um, one of my classmates in the school when I was about to reach, like I think I was in middle school. Um, or just in the middle school grades. I, I forgot which one, six or seven. Mm-hmm. One of my classmates was just learning how to read. And when I reached, like, in high school or, like, basically in high school before I switched to online, I noticed there was this one kid, like, he, like, we were looking at the seating chart and I knew where to sit. And then he asked the teacher saying, I don't know how to read. Can you tell me where I'm sitting? Wow. How old? Do you remember what grade that was in? Um, okay, so for the last school I was talking about, it was either like 6th or 7th grade, somewhere in that age range. Wow. Um, and for the um, high school one, it was probably around my grade at the time. And um, was that at Northport High when you were with the other special needs kids? Yes. Oh, okay. that, that It mostly happened in theater class. That's crazy. That's, yeah, that's middle school. I think you were in the theater. What? No, no. In middle school, I wasn't in theater. It's, oh. I'm talking about Northport High, that oh. theater class. It was one of my electives. Right, right. Interesting. And you couldn't read, huh? Or you had issues reading? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm actually beginning to question what kind of education well, I... that kids on the spectrum are being given. Do you think... Remember, we were just talking about other diagnoses that come with autism. Have you ever heard of dyslexia? I, I heard that word before, but mm-hmm. I never knew what it means. D- dyslexia is a reading. That our friend has it. Um, I can say his first name on here. Tony has grew up uh, with dys- dyslexia um, and ADHD. And this is somebody else, I think, that's undiagnosed autism um and he knows that i've talked to him about it um so dyslexia is a reading it's an issue when you're reading and i think what it does is it flips let me actually get let's see so if your kid diagnosed adhd and dyslexia and ocd or whatever i'm just throwing some stuff around get your kid tested for autism so dyslexia is a it's a disorder that involves the difficulty in reading or interpreting words letters and other symbols um and it actually and i'm trying to figure out i don't know if it it like flips the word or flips the letter or your brain just can't... I'm trying to figure out... They really don't have... It just makes you unable to kind of get a grasp on the words. Yeah, and it's... Um, oh, here we go. Reverse. That's the word I was looking for. Um, so, well, it says most people... Most people think that dyslexia causes people to reverse letters and numbers and see words backwards. <laughs> But reversals happen as a normal part of development and are seen in many kids in first and second grade. 
The main problem in dyslexia is trouble recognizing. Huh. See, now I can't even say this. Uh, phonemes. Phonemes. P-H-O-N-E-M-E-S. And that's how they say how it's pronounced. I am not sure what that is. And they're doing more, uh, as they do more research on this, um, it looks like that they're finding out. That's what I thought it was. I thought it would revert, like your brain would reverse certain letters. And it just gives you, you know, uh, trouble uh, reading. But it says here the main problem, like the, the phonemes, they are the basic sounds of speech. Like the B in bat is a phoneme, phoneme, for example. So it struggled to make the connection between the sound and the letter, the, and the letter symbol for that sound and to blend the sounds into words. So, I mean, it's more complex than I figured. Um, yeah, so your reading comprehension is going to be very poor. And your comprehension is when you read a couple paragraphs. It's your ability to read those paragraphs and then comprehend what you just read. Understanding and explaining what you just read. Um, yeah. I, I had slow comprehension there for a while and I hated reading. So I had to kind of slow down when I read. But um, yeah, you, yeah were, but you were a little behind on some reading. Yeah, but now I'm actually yeah. an excellent reader. Yeah. And in this book series... Mm -hmm. um, in a, in a book series that um, Disney made, um, Tales from the Haunted Mansion, I love it. Yeah. I managed to read all four books. That's awesome. All four of them. And they're amazing. Yeah. I'm thinking about giving it a reread. If you... Yeah, so the thing is, is before you were diagnosed with autism, we knew you had some developmental de delays, which allowed us to find some services for you, like speech therapy... We had some occupational therapy, things like that. And we, you know, in school helped with that where you just made up, you know, you, you made all that work up um, where you practiced, you know, and you just got better and better at it. So that's the things that we need to do with these kids when, um, you know, when they have these reading issues, uh, get them diagnosed and start therapy early. Um so, yeah, yeah, you've gotten really good at it. Um, and I used to hate, I used to hate, I just hated reading because of that. And I would try, and I, I'm pretty sure I have some ADD. I mean, I have two kids on the spectrum with ADD. I know I have some in there somewhere. And I started having issues in the sixth, starting from the sixth grade with paying attention in school. I was very, um, very distracted. So, but yeah, so dyslexia is very, very interesting. That's for sure. Um, trying to think what else. Also, um, yeah, my, um, let's just say some people are literally talking a little too loud. Oh, so I, know. I apologize if That's... there's any background noise. <laughs> oh, I mean, we can probably edit that out. Yeah, I've just, I've, I've said it in the, in the, when we first start this, we, we don't have expensive equipment. We don't sit in the sound booths. Um, I would and love I, to I, have that. 
Yeah, and I, I let them know to peel just a little quiet, just to avoid background noise. Yeah, but yeah. We, we might have to edit it out. I don't know. I eh, don't know. You can't really hear any. I mean, you can't really understand it, but um, yeah, no big deal. Eventually, we can get little, you know, I used to, you could actually, the best place to do it, and you can't do it there because you don't have a walk-in closet, but if you had a, like a smaller laptop, the best place if you don't have a recording booth is a closet because it's a small room and then all the clothes hanging up acts as a buffer with the sound and you can actually get some good sounds in there. But this is where we're at right now until we can have a basement and an area that we can have our own, you know, room with sound booths in it. Eh, this is what it is. <laughs> um, but I say that in the... Uh, in the beginning of it. So we're, like I said, we're real people. We're a real family. And I'm doing, you know, we're both in our own rooms doing this and life goes on in the background. So that's how it is right now. Um, cool. So anything else that you got going on uh, that you can think of that you wanted to kind of talk about or... Anything in this particular episode? Oh, um. yes. I think mostly thinking back to my school days. And, mm -hmm. you know, I always found them to be a bit rough because, well, basically, like, it's kind of been a bit difficult for me socially over the years being in a public school and, mm -hmm. like, there's a lot of these normal kids around and I'm expected to be just like them or maybe not just like them but at least a little bit like them right and like a lot of the teachers kind of always didn't like well i'm not saying all my teachers just the ones who thought that we were being like rats or something <laughs> but really like they didn't they probably didn't even know what autism was like back when it autism was just kind of coming into the spotlight right. and not many people knew about it then like, it's kind of like, you know, something new just coming fresh out of the oven and not many people have kind of seen it yet. So, it has been very difficult. And to any, like, kids on the spectrum who are in a public school, like, at the moment or somewhere, anywhere, and they find it difficult with their, I don't know, social, like, if they have social anxiety or something then I guess the best advice like I could give to them is to just stay strong and if you feel like you need to talk to somebody about it, then maybe you could talk to your parents, you could talk to just someone you trust. Maybe a, even school counselor, if the count, you know, if they have school, or your guidance counselor. Yeah, if, if they know anything about the spectrum, then that would also or at least social anxiety in general, then they would also be a good person to go to. And, you know, you, it was, it's interesting that you talked about, you know, when you guys were in school, you were kind of ahead of, okay, so when you were real little, we didn't have, you know, the, the internet wasn't a big thing with a lot of information on it at that point. Like, I mean, when, you know, when I had your sister... You know, we were still on dial-up, and we just, I don't know, there just wasn't a lot of information out there on autism. 
Um, even if somebody was diagnosed, I'd be like, what? Like it's now there's, there's so much, you know, these days now there's so much, there's a lot of resources and research that you can do online, um, as a parent to kind of understand it. But you guys were like right on the cusp. You just missed, um, you know, cause now pre-K, you know, pre-K and even kindergarten and first grade have really good resources for kids on the spectrum. I mean, amazing. They didn't have, they had none of that. Absolutely none of that when you guys went through <clears throat> school. So yeah. Yeah. Talk to somebody. Um, <clears throat> even if, even if you, you know, if you just got to, obviously if somebody's listening to this, they know somebody or they have, you know, they're on the spectrum. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's just like mental health. It's, it's got to be talked about more. We need research. Again, it's not just the spectrum. It's mental health. Because, you know, like you and your sister, there's other things that come along with this. And, and I was reading another article that I would really like to talk about on the next episode um, is things such as PTSD. Are kids on the spectrum more opt to develop PTSD, even if they come from a happy family? And it's because of the bullying. Now, everybody goes through this, but not everybody is neurotypical brain and their brain cannot process the bullying that you guys put up with and endure. Um, especially when it not only comes from the students, but when it comes from the teachers and like I, I especially for rain, ugh, especially like her third grade teacher and her kindergarten teacher, actually. Um, yeah. I have Wait, who's kindergarten teacher? Uh, your sister's kindergarten teacher um, basically was a bully, and her third oh. and her third grade teacher was a bully. Oh. Yep. Again, we did not have an autism diagnosis for her at that point. Um. But she's smart, and you know when she says something. And she asks a lot of questions there, there, you know, it, it was just, so all the bullying and everything that she has endured has not helped her complex PTSD, but she also had some trauma from her father. But what we'll talk about next week is things such as PTSD. And I find this very interesting because of the fact that we have a lot of mental health issues in this country that that are going on obviously you see these school shootings these threats to do school shootings as well hey i went through one back at Northport yeah. high yep like there was this kid who literally brought a you know what to school and of course we literally had to i think we were in like theater class yeah like this is during my theater I think you were class yeah and we were literally had to hide in the lobby but we tried our best to stay away from the windows because the, the the front doors were literally had a lot of windows yeah so yeah. we had to like hide somewhere like we had to squeeze like somewhere together like in a corner or somewhere so we just wouldn't be spotted and yeah they like i never thought i would go through one of those like there was also one 
back in Ramsey Page, like these kids were literally, they were talking to each other. And I think um, one of my classmates, one of the boys, um, this is the time when I was in that class with those two boys. Right, um, right. One of them immediately heard what they said and they immediately went to someone or I don't know yeah. who, but I think he kind of spread the word. And then that's when we were taken to a room until the two students who were making the threats to this one student they didn't like um, right. finally got caught. Yeah, you got to speak up. Um, but a lot of this stuff is mental. It's mental health. And, um, and it's very, it's devastating to anybody. But it's extremely devastating when when you know you're on the spectrum and and having mental health issues because your brain processes things a lot different than neurotypical people um so if you have autism and complex ptsd on top of that and i'm telling you a lot of from what they're finding out a lot of people on the spectrum automatically they just have ptsd from the from the Massive bullying and everything that they've had to go through, you know, go through uh, growing up. So, but anyway, okay. So I guess that's pretty much it for this week. And, um, and we're good. So we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for listening to Aspie Girl Gab. If you would like to follow us on social media, you can find Fox at C-H-Y-T-H-E-F-O-X, Shy the Fox, at Instagram. We are also up on Facebook, Aspie Girl Gab. We have a page over there. Um, and we will have other links um, on our Facebook page and such that you can follow us. Thanks for listening.